אבל אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שתרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני הפרה קדוש ושבארץ הם המבחן רבנו הקדוש. צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חכמה רבנו נחל מפגי בן צמחה. נע נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זוכותו תגן עלינו על כל ישראל אמן. אז ברוך השם, today we start a new podcast starting with סימן י"ח of שיחות ערן. lesson 18. And we're going to do a few sections today. 1819 were uh, were growing and they were increasing there's become many more available and they're printing constantly earlier later svarim svarim of earlier tzadikim later tzadikim and they had no lack of customers because everybody was buying books right now and Rabenu was speaking about the subject and what's been happening um, during that time period. Rabenu said something about it. Rabenu said in quoting the sages, what is brought down in the Gemara Shabbat, page 138b, In the future, the Chachamim claimed that the Torah would be forgotten from the Jewish people. We know this famous uh, lesson Rabenu gives us about this Torah. It's the introduction to the entire book of Likut Moran. Rabenu gives us a secret with regard to this, um, with regard to this uh, story in the Gemara Shabbat, page 138, and how Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai uh, debunked that claim and said the exact opposite, that actually the Torah would never be forgotten. And Rabbi has a beautiful chidush on this. Look, in to, look at the introduction of the Moran, the secret of Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai over there, that Rabbi told um, on the journey from Breslav to Uman um, when Rabbein, six months before he passed away. A beautiful Chidush. But Rabbeinu said this same, uh, brought that same Gemara to teach us that uh, there was a claim that the Torah would be forgotten from the Jewish people. Therefore, the Jewish people are printing many Sfarim. And each and every person is buying books so that there is books present in the hands of every single Jew. So that the Torah would never be forgotten by the fact that there are many books being published and printed. And that they are found in the hands of each and every person. And even in the hands of a simple tailor, there's books that we can find. And each and every person is snatching or buying a book, whatever book he can find out, whatever book he can get his hands on. And uh, we see that there's hands in every single person's house. So that the Torah will never be forgotten by the fact that now there's books being printed. But this people do not know. That when a person does not study the Torah, the books aren't effective at all. The books aren't to look at, Rabbanu is telling you. They are not to put in the into the bookcase. They are not to put there. The main thing is to open up the book. Because, because in our generations, in the previous generations, because of our many sins, the study of Torah has fallen very low. 
והלימוד הוא מעט מאוד עכשיו בעוונותינו הרבים. And uh, the study, the aspect of studying Torah now has become very minimal because of our many sins. Meaning, Rabbeinu was saying that what is it going to help? What are the books going to be beneficial for? Just to have in the, in the bookcase so that the Torah will not be forgotten if we do not even open up the book to study it. So Rabbeinu was saying, what's the point of having all these books, buying all these books, if you're not going to open them in the first place to try to draw the wisdom, try to derive, derive um, good traits and, and uh, advice? For how to serve God. What's the point of all these farim? And if you're not going to open it. Meaning the, Torah, the, the printing houses. Printing many books. Isn't an indication. Of the fact that the Torah will not be forgotten. Because the Torah can still be forgotten. It's still in your bookcase. It's just. It's not. Um, it's not being read. Siman Yutet. Rabbanu said. I've yearned very much. To draw the world to action. Rabbeinu said, I've yearned to draw the world to action. That it, there's an obligation to each and every person to study this amount every single day and never to miss this. Rabbeinu was saying that I've yearned to create an obligated amount of study for each and every person each and every single day and that it cannot be uh, overpassed. And Rabbeinu said that even those people who are very far from holiness, people who are far from the Torah, that have been trapped in an evil trap, an evil snare, to the point where their sins have become common, to the point where they become accustomed to their sins, to their sinful paths and ways. God forbid, may God spare us. Nonetheless, Rabbeinu said that the strength of the Torah is so big, it's so strong, to the point where it's able to bring a person out of his um, sins that he's made himself um, common in. What that means to say is that a person has taken himself, uh, what do you call it, habit in sinning very, very much and not uh, separating himself from that bad path. But um, it's like uh, Rabbeinu speaks about in Torah 56 that uh, sometimes a sin becomes a hetach for a person. It becomes permissible to someone. That he f at the beginning when a person commits a sin for the first time, he regrets it, you know? He feels that, uh, he feels that, uh, that negativity behind the sin. But once he, co he continues to do it, he loses that regret in a sense. He loses that consciousness and it becomes uh, as if it's permissible to him because he's been so accustomed to that sin. So Rabbeinu is saying with regard to those people who are so accustomed by their evil paths and their evil sins, um, the Torah is so strong that if a person studies it every single day, it can bring him out of that, uh, that bad path that he's accustomed himself to. And Rabbeinu says, if a person creates himself a statute, a chok, meaning that it's, it's unwaverable, you cannot move it, a set time, an obligation, a very strong obligation to study every single day this amount, no matter what the circumstances are. Bevadai is certain. It is certain that these people who are accustomed to their bad ways will be able to leave their bad, um, their bad paths 
their evil trap through the Torah. Because the strength of the Torah is, is awesome. It's very great. And Rabbi Natan says the entire focus, Rabbeinu's essential focus and desire, Rabbeinu's main desire and focus was that we constantly engage in actions, in uvdot, in acts of service, devotion, of holiness, without any wisdom whatsoever, without any sophistication. That we're constantly engaging in actions that are holy, in simplicity, that it doesn't matter necessarily, oh, how deep my intentions are in this and that. Okay, just, you, you might ha not have very deep intentions. You might be studying Torah with whatever motives you might have. But continue to study Torah. Continue to go to the mikveh. Open up a, a book of Tehidim and start reading Tehidim. The main thing is simplicity and engaging in the acts of service and godliness with simple faith. Even though we might not understand very much, we still do it. That's what Rabbeinu wants. That's what Rabbeinu's main focus was. That's what, that's what he was advertising so much. Meaning that we constantly increase our study of Torah, that we do many mitzvot, that we do many uh, commandments. Every single day, to constantly increase in praying to Hashem and supplications before Hashem. That everything should be done with simplicity, without any wisdoms or sophistications. These here warned us to be very happy all the time. And Rabbeinu increased very much. He constantly engaged in this conversation with us to speak with us about this idea of being besimcha, being happy, as brought down in the Holy Sfarim. Look in the Kutam Moran, uh, Book 2, Lesson 10, Lesson 24, over there. Um, Rabbeinu speaks about the Inan of Simcha very, very much. Um, <clears throat> also in the first volume of the Kutum Moran, uh, Lesson 222. Other lessons, Rabbeinu speaks about this and to avoid uh, wisdoms as well. But more than this, Rabbeinu spoke with us just verbally, just like in conversation. Uh, and he warned us many times over, many times over several occasions to always be happy, no matter what the circumstances are, to be happy. And it's funny, I was reading a beautiful uh, thing that was a chidus for me when I read it, a, an awesome novelty, something that really lifted me up out of my seat and really showed me the beauty of the, the Torah of Rabbeinu. It's in the name of Rabbi Israel Karduner, the teacher of Rabbi Israel Dovodesa, the... Uh, Rabbi Sar Kardona was a very big tzaddik, a massive tzaddik, the main, one of the main students of Rabbi Moshe Breslever, who was one of the main students of Rabbi Natan, who received the entire inyan of tefillah, the entire subject of prayer. That was Rabbi Moshe Breslever's entire subject, his entire strength. And uh, he passed that on to Rabbi Sar Kardona, who used to engage in his bodhidut for many hours at a time with his teacher. And uh, Rabbi Sar Kardona passed it on to Rabbi Sar Dovodeser, the one who received the petek. Now, Rabbi Sar Kardona used to say that Hashem Barach is in love with a person a bal avera, a person who engages in sins, but who's always happy. What that means essentially is this: is that a person who engages in sin, who engages in sins, yes, he understands that he's a sinner, like many of us. You know, I can say myself included for sure. But um, the main thing is not to let the sin make you fall into depression. So even though you sin, a person might say, "Oh, because I sin, I have to be sad. I cannot be happy because how can I be happy after committing such a sin?" But Rabbeinu says like this. And Rabbi Yisrael Kaduna quotes in the name of Rabbeinu 
that what Hashem Itbarach is super happy. He's in love. He's he's samer. Hashem Itbarach loves a person who, even though he's a bara avera, that he's constantly happy. Even though he commits sins, he's happy. Meaning that what he, even though he commits a sin, he does not let the sin make him fall into depression. He tries to lift himself up into happiness all the time. And that's a warning to all of us. That's a piece of advice that we all have to live by. That we have to be besimcha constantly as much as we can possibly find. That we have to force ourselves to be happy. As Rabbeinu writes in Nikutei Etzot, Rabbi Natan writes in Nikutei Etzot, that being besimcha, that being happy, is one of the most is the most difficult act of service a Jew can do, to be constantly happy. And uh, this is something that we have to understand. That it should we shouldn't think that simcha happiness comes to a person in a certain time. You have to fight for your happiness. It's not something that comes to you. You fight for it and you do not let it go until you drive away the etzera. That's the main thing. Do not think for one second that happiness comes in a state of whenever things are good, this, that. No. You have to find your happiness. And the main time to find it is when things are tough. As Rabbanu teaches us um, this idea. Many times over in the Kutimohan. And the last siman for today, section 20. When a person is happy the entire day, Rabbeinu says, if a person is happy the entire day, it is very easy for him. It comes easy to him to seclude himself for an hour a day, to break his heart and to express himself, to express his heart before God. Rabbeinu says, and we think this is a contradiction, but it's not at all. In fact, it, it perfectly works together. That breaking your heart for an hour a day is only possible, mamash, if you're really happy. That's why very, dif, people find it very dif, difficult to do it bodadut. Because he bodadut, which is this idea of breaking your heart before Hashem, it's actually rooted in happiness. We think it's sadness. No, it's not sadness. Sadness comes from an entirely different place, Rabbanu teaches us. Sadness comes from the spleen. Broken heartedness comes from the heart. And we also know that the heart possesses simcha. As it says, Venatata simcha belibi, David Amenach writes, and you place simcha in my heart. Meaning what? That simcha exists in the heart and the broken heartedness is in the heart. It's the same place. So if you want to be able to break your heart, know that the easiest way to do this is to be happy the entire day. You'll feel the need to break your heart. And when you break your heart, you'll actually fall back into happiness after you break your heart. It's an, they play on each other and they feed each other. The more strength you give to simcha, the more you're able to break your heart. The more you're able to break your heart, the more you're able to be besimcha. This is something we have to understand and ingrain and instill in, your mind, in our minds. As Rabbeinu teaches us, as it's taught by us many different places, that uh, when a person's happy the entire day, it's easy for him to do it. But when a person falls into depression or sadness, it's very difficult for him, God forbid, because um, he, he cannot uh, express himself in conversation. When a person falls into depression, it's very difficult for him to seclude himself and to express himself before God. Look in another place. Look in uh, lesson 42 of Likute Moran. Lesson 282. And in uh, Likute Moran Tinyan, the second volume of Likute Moran, look at lesson 10, 24, and 48. These lessons discuss this idea. How much a person must reinforce himself to be constantly happy. And that means constantly. Even in your Bodhidut, you must be happy also. And all the more so, a person must be happy at the time when he gets up to pray. A person needs to force himself with all his force, with all his might to merit, 
to attain happiness. A person has to force himself. That's the key Rabbeinu is telling you. You cannot attain happiness unless you force yourself to do it. And look at uh, the introduction to Shara Kavanot. Uh, before um, the Kavanot and Birkot HaShachar, Rabbi Chaim Vital writes that before, when he starts Shara Kavanot, he says, basically, I was warned by my teacher, the Ari Kadosh. That anytime I get up to pray, a person must, anytime a person gets up to pray, he must be happy. For how can a person enter the chamber of the king without happiness? That if a person doesn't pray with happiness, his tefillot are not accepted. So we can see here from the writings of the Ari Kadosh, and Rabbeinu is bringing this down in a different fashion, that happiness is key to, to prayer. That it actually opens up the heart and it allows you to break your heart properly. The only way to true prayer is through happiness. To merit happiness, that it's very difficult and heavy to a person to merit this happiness more than all the other acts of service. Rabbeinu says the most difficult act of service is to attain happiness the entire time, to be happy no matter what. We can see how much it's important that we do this. As Rabbeinu says, it's a very great mitzvah to be happy always. So we have to go dance, we have to go. We have to go make weird. Uh, uh, we have to go make weird faces in the mirror. We have to do weird things to be to be happy constantly, and not let to get not to let anger overcome us. Another Amar Rabbeinu said. He answered and he said, It seems that it's impossible to attain happiness unless a person sometimes has to do some sorts of acts of foolishness, and this is the key. You cannot be truly happy unless you act a little weird. To make yourself like a fool in the eyes of the world. To make yourself so, sort of jokes and smiles and laughs and, and uh, things that are foolish. etc. is brought down in other lessons of Likud Moran. Only through these acts of foolishness that a person can attain happiness. We have to understand this very well because this is a key, key piece. That uh, only through acts of foolishness, by dancing, lifting up your feet, doing weird faces in the mirror, and uh, and uh, doing things that might embarrass yourself in front of other people, can you attain real happiness. And this is a key thing to us, because the reason why we're not happy is because we care so much about what people think. The second we stop caring about what people think, and we start acting true to ourselves, and we start doing things that might seem foolish to the eyes of the world, because we don't care, that's when we will attain true happiness. So as long as you feel yourself uncomfortable, that you cannot lift up your feet, you cannot dance because you're embarrassed, you'll never attain true happiness because you're not in your place. You don't know who you are. The second you don't care about anyone else, the second you can act yourself in front of everyone, is the second uh, you will be able to attain true simcha. Adam simcha, Rabbeinu adds a final key piece that it's very fitting to end on on today's podcast that is brought down in Lesson 169 of the Kitab Moran. Rabbeinu elaborates on the subject. That when a person merits true happiness, then Hashem himself guards this person. He safeguards this person. He protects him. And he saves him from the blemishing of the covenant. That a person who has uh, a struggle to keep the Brit is simply because it's, uh, he has uh, fallen to depression. Rabbeinu teaches us that the essential way to keep the Brit is through Simcha. Look at uh, many different lessons. Likud Moran discuss this idea. Specifically, lesson 169 addresses this exact one that um, to merit true tikkun abrit, rectifying the covenant, one must be besimcha. And being besimcha allows you that Hashem Barach himself keeps your brit, that he guards your covenant for you, he protects you. 
So the main thing is happiness constantly, all the time. Simcha, simcha, simcha. This is why the Tikkun HaKlali, which is the rectification for blemishing the covenant, is based on ten melodies, which is the source of simcha, as Rabbeinu teaches us. As he brings down from the Gemara, the Tehilim was founded on ten types of melody, and these ten types of melody encompass all Tehilim. They encompass the ten types of pulse. All these things that a person's truly able to merit true healing, true rectifications through happiness. Bezrat Hashem, may we merit to truly be happy, to apply the advice Rabbeinu writes here, because this is very difficult, but nonetheless extremely um, important, crucial to serve Hashem Yibach.